0: Hello again, my friends. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May your time listening to this short podcast be a blessed one. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, a warm welcome. The fact that you are here, hoping to hear the word of the Lord, leaves me with a minty, fresh feeling that Lutheran coffee just can't wash away. For those who have come here time after time, I am blessed and humbled by your continued listenership. Our weekday short devotions continue this week with Pastor Allard's study on different aspects of practical Christianity. Each day is different, but touches on an aspect that you may be dealing with or wondered about in your walk with the Lord. Also, our Wednesday podcast will be our Wednesday service sermon, so please tune in for that as well. Why do we need to stay in God's Word? Well, there are many good answers to that. One of them is that we are flawed and fallible like any human. When I was 19, I knew all the words to Boston's More Than a Feeling, and I proved it to all the commuters around me as I drove to my college classes. With the passage of time, I developed a variety of other musical interests. Sure, I can still kind of sing along, much to the embarrassment of my children, but I stumble and I trip over the lyrics now. Why? Well, I'm not on tour, and I'm not practicing and singing it every day. I'm a 100% certain there won't be a lyrics test at the pearly gates. But, how do I know I'm not wandering in my faith in Jesus? After all, that's the critical bit. Mark sixteen sixteen says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. How do I know I'm not being fooled by outside influences? I need to stay in the Word so it doesn't grow stale in my mind. More than that, true happiness is not running away when God draws near to you in His Word through His Spirit. We are so privileged to have His Bible so easily accessible in our modern age. We have a number of cool things coming up this week that you can come and be a part of. Erin, our church administrative assistant, works tirelessly to bring it all together. She maintains our public Google calendar that lists all of our events, both unique and recurring, including our church service times, which you're invited to. I've put a link in the podcast description so you can peruse it at your leisure. If you have a suggestion on how to improve the podcast or constructive feedback of any sort, please feel free to drop me a line at john.kirk at And if you like this podcast, take a moment on iTunes or Google to rate and review this podcast. Or if you're on YouTube, click that like button and the subscribe button. It goes a long way to help spread the word to others. Well, I've gone on long enough. So without further delay, let's take a listen to what is in store.
1: words that serve and guide as the focus of our meditation this evening are taken from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Quite the thorny and scathing verdict from Jeremiah. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? They are words that are not so easily believed by either our own sinful nature or the world around us. The heart is deceitful above all things, beyond cure. I mean, it's not as though people are walking around holier than thou. And both believers and unbelievers understand that there is something wrong with our hearts, right? We have a fickle ability to love. We have an inclination to hold grudges in our hearts. We have hearts that are self-seeking and self-motivated. These are things that people understand. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. But that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. People are not ready to accept such a sweeping condemnation that we find in these words of Jeremiah. Deceitful beyond cure. It's so bad that we can hardly comprehend it. And as it is with all things, as Christians, we first and foremost go to the word to see what the Bible has to say with regard to backing up Jeremiah's word, and, well, how do we read it? You can scarce go to a single Bible story where, where the total depravity of the heart of mankind isn't readily apparent and on display. Now the depravity of the human heart and the condition that Jeremiah is talking about is pretty plain. All the way back to the beginning. Think about those days before Noah and the ark and the flood. You had Adam and Eve that lived for hundreds of years. And Seth, their son, lived for hundreds of years. The people that lived during that time would have had those first-hand accounts of how the whole universe and everything came into being. They would have had first-hand knowledge from parents or grandparents about how everything came to be, how everything was created as a paradise in six days. And who would think that knowing all that and having that Knowledge right at their fingertips that those people would turn their backs on God, their creator, so badly that it would say that the inclination of their heart was only evil all the time. But we can go farther than a broad sweeping generalization of the fact that the whole human race is stained in sin or give a general, generalization of wickedness, what about the great figureheads of the Bible? The people that we so often associate with being eh, almost holy, or just shy of Jesus in some way. Abraham was a habitual liar. King David was, a, was an adulterer and a murderer. And his son Solomon was an idolater and a womanizer. We just heard in the, in the Passion History reading, according to St. Mark, that Peter, Jesus' closest friend, denied Him three times in His company. And what does all that prove? Well, it shows that even those most excellent of humans The best that this world has to offer on its own have hearts that are deceitful above all else beyond cure and so bad that it's almost unimaginable and still we open up the news app on the phone or we watch the news or we turn on the radio and we see the depravity of this world and the the war and the love of money the theft the liar the hypersexualization of our culture unjust lawsuits love grown, grown grown cold we see all those things and still we wonder how in the world can this be well there's only one reason for it all and it's the words that are found in this text from Jeremiah the heart is deceitful above all things beyond cure who can understand it and i hardly need to belabor the point and give further proof of our condition that people are as evil as they have always been. Rather, instead, there's some questions that would be good for us to ponder tonight. As we think about these words of Jeremiah, there is a couple of questions that we should all sit back and think on. Why do so many make excuses? when it comes down to church in God's house, whether it's serving, whether it's giving offering, whether it's attending, why are so many excuses so often given? The most trifling excuses, flimsy arguments Ones that if we offered them to any human master at any earthly job, we'd be fired on the spot. Or why do we hear of so many people that are dying, or they even see death coming for their own doorstep, and they never consider the state of their own hearts? Rather, they are content to remain blissfully indifferent and fail to make any kind of spiritual preparation for themselves? Or why do people who call themselves Christian often find fault with preaching? Why do they find fault in God's Word and don't take time to actually go into their own Bibles and look and see if what is being preached and taught is actually true and right? If these things are really so. Why do people say that they already know all this and don't do anything about it? Why do people not pray more boldly? Even we Christians who know what the Word of our Lord Jesus says, as we think ahead during the season of Lent to the next holy day that we've had, we have coming up here Maundy Thursday, and we hear the word of Jesus saying, Take and eat, this is my body, this is my blood. So often we approach this table with glazed over eyes and cold hearts. Unprepared to meet Jesus. Christians, we know that we ought to be prepared. As Christians, we know that we ought to be forgiving as our God has forgiven us. We know that we should be charitable and at peace with our fellow man at best. Why do our outward works not show the faith that we claim to have within us? No, the answer is simple. These are our hearts. Yours and Mine. And the thing is, is we know that it should not be this way. We know it should not be this way, so then how should it be? Again, we go back to the Word to seek our answer. and We find out that our hearts really ought to be broken and contrite. That the hearts within us should mourn over its sinfulness and the ways in which it's offended God. It should be a heart that's broken and contrite and honest and sincere, one that finds joy in the Word and strives to be in unity with it. So how do we get there? What is the cure? Again, the answer is short and simple. Keep in mind, that there are two things. There are two things that the Lord Jesus does for every single person that He saves. And these two things are never found apart. It's never one happens and then another. It always happens at the same time. These two things are always found together and it is the cure for the human heart. The first thing, simply that... He washes us clean from our sin in His blood and tells us that we are forgiven because of what He has done that we are washed clean white as snow in the blood that flowed out of His own pierced heart granting us full and free pardon. And the second thing is that He puts the Holy Spirit into us. Into these dead Hostile to God, broken hearts. And when he does that, these words of Jeremiah still ring true. The heart is deceitful beyond all things, it is beyond cure. So, therefore, what has to happen? It needs to be broken and it needs to be made entirely new. And that is what happens in the heart of a believer when the Holy Spirit works that saving faith in each and every one of us that seeks the cross, that seeks the spear that pierced the heart of Christ, that drew forth His blood that was shed for the sins of the entire world. We have new hearts. The old ones are dead and broken and gone. Those hearts are beyond cure. So we take them and we put them at the foot of the cross of Christ and trusting in His sacrifice, we ask for forgiveness that these new hearts might be acceptable in His sight. Truly, sincerely, the Lord who turned the greedy heart of the tax collector Matthew, the self-righteous heart of Paul the Pharisee, the adulterous heart of David, the denying heart of Peter, the doubting heart of Thomas, The Lord who turned those hearts into hearts that loved and confessed Him has promised to do the exact same thing for you and I. He will not turn from us. Even though we be stained with sin through and through, these hearts are cleansed and cured because of Christ. And so as Christians, we are humble and we are watchful over these hearts because we're not in heaven yet. As Christians, we look to Christ. We know, yet we know the evil that we're inclined to, so we don't trust the flesh. Keep a close and careful watch over it. Over all the things that would tempt us and snare us. The protection and the safety and the cure for these hearts alone lies in this. That Christ dwells here in this new heart. Amen.
0: That's all there is for today, but we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m., and 10:30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarkspemigi.org.